Melody Thuston Cowan, and you are listening to a word from the Tabernacle. This past Sunday, our leader, Bishop L. F. Thuston, brought another word that was dynamic, powerful, and full of the Holy Ghost. I hope that this word inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective in God's moving in your life. Thank you for joining us. Now let's go in and listen to the word. Luke chapter 21, but I'm glad to share what God has sent for today. I wish somebody would just say these words with me, the great escape. Luke chapter 21, God bless the musicians. God bless all y'all, even all you all that are listening. Thank God for you and we praise the Lord for what he has in store. Say it again, the great escape. Luke chapter 21 and go to verse 20 of Luke chapter 21. You're going to see Jerusalem compassed with armies. Jerusalem, literally Jerusalem. That's where they were. Then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. When you see the army surrounding the city, they ain't playing and they ain't going back. Let them which are in Judea don't come to Jerusalem, flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it get out of town. And let not them that are in the countries enter there into, because the Roman army is about to bring a massacre. For these be the days of vengeance, 22, all things which are written, they're going to be fulfilled. And you all that have babies, they won't be happy that day. So if you don't have any, get over it, because their advantages are not having some. Okay, let me read in the King James. Maybe that'll go down better. But woe unto them that are with child. That means it's a blessing to be pregnant. It's a blessing never to be pregnant. It's a blessing to have a bunch of yappies. It's a blessing not to have any yappies. But when they're coming to butcher pregnant women, when they're coming to behead little infants, there's a blessing for those that do not have child. And to them that give suck in those days, bad, bad, bad. For there shall be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people. It's going to be a sword. They shall fall by the edge of the sword. Am I reading the Bible? Shall be led away captive into all nations and Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And without going to all the details, I'll talk about that a little bit on Thursday in our meditation, the Lord says the same. We are living now in the times of the Gentiles. And before the covenant, there was the time of the Israelites where God's work was mainly through the chosen people. But since the coming of our Savior, he brought salvation not only to the Hebrews, but unto all of Israel. That includes Jews and Gentiles. And the times of the Gentiles will continue until the rapture of the church. And at the rapture of the church, the church age will close. 
and the special emphasis of God on transforming the Gentile people will shift back to the seed of Abraham until the time of Jacob's suffering is fulfilled. Somebody say, go ahead. So in AD 70, 72, this actually happened. This is 40 years in advance. They were already under the Roman oppression, but they would have an uprising, an attempt to liberate themselves from the Roman control, the oppression, the slavery, the danger, the hostility of the Roman Empire. And after they had their uprising, the emperor said, you better take them out. And so they came into Jerusalem and they besieged the city, cut off their water, cut off their food, and were prepared to have a total massacre of those in Jerusalem. But there were Christians in Jerusalem. Those that had heard Jesus say these words. Those that had read what had been written before he ascended. And history shows that very few Christians who lived in Jerusalem killed in this setting. Because they remember him saying the day will come when the city will be surrounded with armies and you do not want to hang around, pray outside the city, not inside the city, because vengeance shall be unleashed. Go to the mountains. And so the Christians went to the mountains. The believers said, we're not going to hang around and pack our bags. We're going to get out while the getting is good. And the saints survived the massacre. They burned the temple down. They destroyed the walls. All that is left today is what is called the Wailing Wall. And I've been there and see it. The temple has been gone since this occurred. The people were slaughtered. Babies were murdered in the womb. There was beheading left and right. Blood was flowing in the streets. And there was great distress then, but the saints had a great escape. And rather than them sit there and be sitting ducks and lose their property, lose their peace, lose their families, and lose their life, they escaped. Those that were outside of Jerusalem did not come into the city. They went to the mountains. Those that had possessions, they left their possessions behind. Hey, man, when your house is on fire, don't go back to get your briefcase. Hey, hey, when the floodwaters are up to your neck, don't go back and get a swimming suit. And Jesus always has a way of escape. He shifts in verse 25 to us. And there shall be signs in the sun. Luke 21 and 25. And in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth. Distress of nations with perplexity. The sea and the waves will be roaring. Men will be collapsing. Both emotionally and physically. Their hearts will be failing them for fear looking after those things which are coming on the earth and the powers of heaven shall be shaken and then now he goes all the way to the future after all that has transpired then they shall see 
Son of man coming in the cloud with power and great glory. Why don't y'all say, I'm getting ready. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption is drawing nigh. Say yes, Lord. Hey, go to verse 34, or verse 33, verse 33, 21 and 33. Verily I say unto you, heaven and earth shall pass away, but what will not pass away? Everything's going to go down, but my words shall not pass away. If you've got a Bible in your hand, you ought to say it'll never pass away. If you've got a Bible in your heart, a Bible in your mind, do you know everything on earth is going to be destroyed? Peter said it will melt with a fervent heat. This garment will wear out and all of our bodies will decay. Every nation shall fall, but the word of the Lord is the only thing that shall abide forever. Lift the Bible up and just say, thank God for the word. Verse 34, get this. Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness, cares of this life, so that that day may come upon you unawares. You don't want this to slip up on you with your guard down. You need to know what time it is. Can y'all hear me? No, no. Jesus wants his people to know what's up. What has happened? What is happening? And what you should expect to happen next. So in verse 34, he said, pay attention. Get yourself alert. You don't want to start back. Will you please wait with somebody and tell them don't backslide this year. Tell them don't backslide. Not with all this corona going on. You don't want to backslide. Not, not with all the protests and the riot and the white supremacists. You don't want to backslide now. Not, not with the election all up in the air. You don't want to backslide now. Not with unemployment so high and the economy in the tank. You don't want to backslide now. Not with the water being contaminated and the air with airborne diseases. You don't want to backslide now. Wave at somebody and tell them, this is not the time for you to backslide. And Jesus is telling us, don't get into waywardness, drunkenness, the cares of this life until you're not aware. Let me just, let me just, let me just show you what he says here in verse 36. Watch ye therefore and do what? It's praying time. I mean, not playing, praying that you may be accounted worthy to what? Escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. You don't want to be caught without your escape plan. What will be, shall be. What will happen, must happen. What has been unleashed cannot be recaptured. But what you can be sure is there is a way for you 
to escape. Lord, I wish I could preach today. Lord, I wish I could tell a story. Because if you don't have an escape plan, you're going up with the wind. If you don't have an escape plan, you're going down with the dust. If you don't have an escape plan, you're going to be an unsuspected statistic. If you don't have an escape plan, you have no place to run, no place to hide. You'll be without hope. You'll be without direction. You'll be a sitting duck. You'll be a pinata for the devil. But if you have a great escape, you'll be in glorious condition when all of these things occur. Somebody say yes. I'm going to repeat those words in verse 34. Pay attention. So that the day does not come upon you unaware. Why don't y'all say, I got to stay fully aware. You don't want to be oblivious at a time like this. This thing is about to blow. I won't finish this today. I won't finish it today. But this corona is just the tip. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I know hundreds of people are watching this. I'm not trying to in, in, stoke any phobias. I'm not trying to frighten anyone. Of course, you watch those vampire pictures. You watch those, you watch those zombie pictures. That's what you ought to be afraid of, watching all this hokey-dokey. I'm going to tell you what the Word of God says. It is going to get worse before it gets better. And for those that are not in good standing with the Lord of Lords, it's going to be curtains for them. It's going to be a slope. Lord have mercy. No, 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 no. I mean, the train has already left the station. Yeah, there's a storm out on the ocean. And it's moving this way. If your soul is not anchored in Jesus, y'all know I can't preach like that on the television. It will surely drift away. What I got? Seven more minutes. What I got? Seven more minutes. And so in verse 36, just in case you think this is some extreme colored sanctified Bible thumper that just is playing to the superstitions of the population. You better hear what Jesus said. If Jesus had the answer to give them an escape 2,000 years ago when their whole nation was on the brink of collapse and the only ones who survived were the believers, you ought to know his record ought to be convincing enough. If they escape then, this is the only way you're going to escape now. I wish somebody would say, I got to get out of here alive. Oh, Y'all don't want to help me? If you're up here preaching, I would help you. Why don't you say it like you mean it? I got to get out of here alive. 
are, there are about seven areas that God has said he wants us to be aware. And I won't go through all of them in detail, but I will tell you that one thing he says in Romans 1 and 13, he doesn't want you to be ignorant of the purpose he has for your life. He does not want you to be, he uses that word. I would not have you unknowing. I don't want you in the dark about what God's plan is for your life, Jew and Gentile. I'm gonna go a little deep here. Somebody say, go ahead. Um, if, if, if you are an Asian, he knows about your Asian life because there's some things that are unique to Asian people. If you, if you are Latino, he knows about your Latino life because there are some uniquenesses to your Latino identity and ethnicity. I'm coming through, I'm coming through. If you are of European descent, there are matters that are particular to European descendants. That's why you're still European and Asians are still Asians. He knows the specifics of your European life. Wait a minute, wait a minute. If you are, whoa, a Choctaw or whatever tribe of Indian you are, there are some things that are unique to Indians. They have a higher alcoholism rate because of the trauma that has been inflicted upon them. They, are, they have been banished to reservations where the living conditions are generally hideous. They have been mocked with casinos as a cheap way of getting them free from the burden of broken treaties. And I've got to tell you this. Somebody say, go ahead. There are things that are unique to colored people. God knows that we are the first ones fired and the last ones hired. God knows we have the highest mortality rate. We have the shortest life expectancy rate. We are more vulnerable to deadly diseases. We have the lowest per capita income. We have the greatest risk of a hostile or of a violent death. Already know we've got the smallest access to health care. Our children are more exposed to danger. But do you know God does not only look at you as a generality. He knows all about you. Knows what your mother was, what your father was. He knows what's in your DNA. He knows about your sickle cell anemia proclivity. He even know. he already knows how much cancer runs in your family. He knows about the diabetes. He knows about the nervous breakdowns. He knows about the addiction because he not only knows the number, but he knows the texture of every hair on your head. I wish somebody would say, God knows. Got a plan for your life. Don't be ignorant of that. Romans 11 and 25, he also knows. Providence. That's because God allows bad things to happen if he knows that that will accomplish his perfect will. So in 11.25 he says, I don't want you to be ignorant that though some evil things have happened, God will use that to accomplish his will in your life. 
God's goodness is more powerful than the wickedness of man. And then number three, he says in 1 Corinthians 10 and 1, I don't want you to be ignorant of this. You need to know that you can be ever so blessed and lose your blessing. And he says, our ancestors, they were in that cloud. They were all baptized into Moses. They drank from that spiritual fountain of Christ, but they lost it all. And their bodies were slain and left in the wilderness. And so in 1 Corinthians 10 and 1, he says, I don't want you to be ignorant that your blessings are permanent. You've got a choice whether you're going to keep your God-given blessing or whether you're going to be careless and dispose of it. I don't, want you to, I don't want you to start, I don't want you to get sloppy about what God has done in your life, where he's brought you from. I don't want his goodness to become a stale taste in your spiritual mouth. Because just what happened to them in verse 6, he says, that is an example of what could happen to you. I wish you'd say, I'm going to keep my blessing. 1 Corinthians 12 and 1, he says, I don't want you to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. You need to know that there's a fundamental fit that the Holy Ghost has for every believer. He's got a gift for you. And for some, there's more than one gift. And in Corinth, many of them thought the only gift was tongues. And though that is a gift and a very dynamic one, he says, there are other gifts. And when those gifts are revealed to you, you need to use them very carefully. You don't use them to showboat. You don't use them to compete. You don't use them to make other people feel bad. And you don't have to fake it. You don't have to be the center of attention. You don't have to always be hot-dogging it. You don't have to be in the limelight. You let your gift function always in love and decently and in order. Say, go ahead. He goes on to say in 2 Corinthians 2 and 11, don't be ignorant. That's the term he used. We are not ignorant of satanic devices because Satan will never stop setting traps. I'm speaking to you not just a pre-canned sermon. I'm telling you right now, Satan has set a trap for you. Set a trap for you to lose all of your money. That's a trap. He set a trap to wreck your home and you don't even see it coming. I said he set a trap. And what may begin is just a small misunderstanding can become a civil war under your roof. You better know what time it is. He comes to cause your health to be compromised. And I'm so glad for Sister Rita, uh, Sister uh, Joanne, because even when you seem to be healthy, he has a trap to cause your health to be at risk. It's not all nature taking its course. It's not all just statistical probability. It's not just there are contagions in the atmosphere. Jesus told the woman that had the bent over condition, you've had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. Enemy comes to take your health, take your wealth, give you sleepless nights, cause you to be paranoid, make you bitter, 
cause you to be intimidated. The enemy comes to make you feel like maybe you made the wrong move. Maybe you're wasting your youth. Maybe you ought to be doing something else with your time. Make you sleep when you ought to be awake. And make you awake when you ought to be asleep. Give you a backslidden desire to go back to the pit from where he came from. Make you feel you don't have a praise. Because I can't praise him like they can. But God sent me to tell you. Satan is busted. We will not be tricked. We will not be duped. We will not be trapped. He said we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. Say yes. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4 and 1, I don't want you to be ignorant about how believers handle death. Death is coming. The black horse not appointed us under wrath, but he's appointed unto us that we should obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. All of those horrific things that what you see now is just a beginning of a continuous avalanche. All this is indication of what Jesus said in Luke 21. When you see these things happening, lift up your head. Those are signs that your redemption draws nigh. I've read that passage so many times, but I looked it over again in the original tongue, and that word redemption literally means release. Not only the payment, not only the price, but in that passage it means your release or your escape. The earth is going to be destroyed and the wicked will be the victims of hell. Satan himself shall be cast into the bottomless pit and the lake of fire. Yes, there'll be the beast. Yes, there'll be the false prophet. Yes, the nations will come into a seduced state. Yes, morality and lawlessness will increase. Yes, there'll be plagues after plagues. I hope that you enjoyed that dynamic word from our leader, Bishop L.F. Thuston. Listen, if you'd like to support our ministry, feel free to visit our website at www.boontabernaclekojic.com. There you'll find information about all of the things that we're doing. You'll see links where you can give via Givelify or Cash App. And most importantly, you can submit your prayer request. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to subscribe to this channel. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And we look forward to joining you this time next week. Be blessed.